the message I heard over and over again was that the choice was obvious. It seemed that everyone I talked to had wholeheartedly accepted that delaying kindergarten was undeniably the best choice for all children. Does the research actually find that redshirting provides an academic advantage or social advantage for children? Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Parenting Translator newsletter and podcast. I'm Dr. Kara Goodwin, and today I'm going to be discussing the research behind red shirting or delaying kindergarten or school entry. So red shirting or choosing to delay school entry for a year seems to be an increasingly popular trend for giving your child a competitive advantage. The growing popularity of red shirting may have been started by Malcolm Gladwell's best-selling book, Outliers, which was published in 2008. In this book, Gladwell claims that a child being relatively older than their peers provides an advantage. He points to data showing that nearly all players for the Canadian Hockey League have birthdays in the first four months of the year. This is because the cutoff for most sports in Canada is January 1st, so children born in the first four months of the year are older than the children on the team who were born in later months, thus making them more likely to be identified as talented and ultimately more likely to play professional hockey. Gladwell argues that this principle extends to children who are older than their classmates having an academic advantage as well. Since this book was published, it seems that children are waiting longer and longer to start kindergarten every year. At the same time, kindergarten seems to be becoming increasingly academic and rigorous. For parents of children born near the cutoff date, the pressure to delay kindergarten feels intense. So my oldest child has a late August birthday, which is right around the cutoff date for her school. However, it seemed like all of the children with summer birthdays and even April, May birthdays were waiting an additional year to start kindergarten. Granted, she would have entered kindergarten in 2020, and the possibility of remote learning caused many parents to delay school entry that year. But in talking to school administrators, teachers, and other parents about this decision, the message I heard over and over again was that the choice was obvious. It seemed that everyone I talked to had wholeheartedly accepted that delaying kindergarten was undeniably the best choice for all children. So let's dive into the research. Does the research actually find that redshirting provides an academic advantage or social advantage for children? The answer may be a little bit more complicated than you think. So research on redshirting suggests that it is associated with a small academic advantage, that is higher academic test scores. And test scores seem to increase at a greater rate in first and second grade, suggesting that the redshirted children are showing enhanced learning in these grades. However, this effect may begin to fade as early as the end of first grade. The research is also correlational, meaning we don't know whether redshirting causes these advantages, or if redshirting is simply associated with these advantages. The latter would not be surprising since parents that choose to redshirt their children are often very different from the parents who do not. Most notably, they are from higher income families. Some research studies help to eliminate the problem of parent choice by looking at the impact of the child's age within the same grade, such as comparing students with summer birthdays to students in the same grade with fall birthdays. Research finds that students who are relatively older than other children in their grade score higher on science and math tests. Although these differences seem to decrease over the years, they are still present to some extent in eighth grade. Other research finds that children who are relatively older show less hyperactivity and inattention, 
greater educational attainment, meaning they get farther in school. However, the impact on educational attainment is greatly reduced when schools do not engage in something called early tracking, which means sending children to different schools based on academic abilities in elementary school. Research also shows that older children are more likely to be in gifted education and less likely to be in special education. These positive impacts seem to extend to high school and beyond. Children who are older relative to their classmates are also less likely to drop out of high school, less likely to commit a felony, and more likely to experience a teenage pregnancy. Children that are older than their classmates are also more likely to attend a four-year college than younger students. Yet, it is very important to note that this line of research only involves associations, meaning we don't know whether being older relative to your peers actually causes any of these positive or negative outcomes. Further research is needed in order to conclude that redshirting actually causes any of these positive outcomes. So are there any situations that parents might want to avoid redshirting? So research suggests that being older than your peers is consistently associated with at least a small advantage. But there are there any situations that this might not be true? So research suggests that when your child has an identified disability, a suspected disability, or even if you are just concerned they may need some extra help in school, you may want to avoid redshirting. In this case, delaying school entry may be associated with worse academic performance, according to research because it would involve delaying free essential services through the public school system, such as speech therapy and learning support. This short delay may have a big impact because research finds that services before age five are more effective in improving a child's long-term outcome than services after age five. Research has compared the impact of redshirting on children with disabilities, such as autism, developmental delays, learning disabilities, or health impairments, versus children without disabilities. Researchers found that children with disabilities who were redshirted scored significantly lower in math in third grade when compared to children with disabilities who were not redshirted, while children without disabilities who were, were redshirted showed improved math and reading scores in third grade. So in other words, children with disabilities who are redshirted seem to do worse than children with disabilities who are not. Research also finds a negative impact of redshirting for children with more severe ADHD and no impact for children with learning disabilities. So is redshirting more important for boys than girls? In any discussion of redshirting, it is commonly assumed that boys in particular benefit from redshirting. In line with this assumption, research reveals that boys are indeed more likely to be redshirted than girls. So is there any research to back up this trend? Research does find that girls are more likely to be ready for kindergarten than boys, and that this difference is most likely driven by differences in social and emotional development. Research also suggests that boys seem to show greater gains from redshirting, and that boys may not cope as well as girls with having higher achieving classmates. Yet research also suggests that race may play a role in this distinction. So one study found that white boys tend to show a greater advantage from being redshirted than white girls, while black girls tend to show a greater advantage than black boys. So does this research also apply to repeating a grade or holding children back? Interestingly, the research on outcomes for children who repeat a grade are very different than delaying the start of school. 
One million students are held back per year in the United States. This practice seems to particularly impact ethnic minorities with retention rates of 2.7% for Black students and 1.9% for Hispanic students as compared to 1.7% for white students. A large body of research has indicated that holding a child back in school is associated with poorer academic outcomes and little social-emotional development. While some studies have found some short-term social and academic benefits of grade retention, many of these effects fade after a few years. Grade retention is also associated with an increased likelihood of dropping out of high school and a decreased likelihood of finishing college. Students who are held back are also more likely to be aggressive in adolescence, and interestingly, um, later grade retention, meaning after third grade, seems to have a more detrimental effect, perhaps because it has greater impact on children's self-esteem as children get older. As with the research on redshirting, these studies only have found associations, meaning that we don't know if grade retention necessarily causes them. Regardless, it's important to discuss this research because some parents assume that they can go ahead and push their child ahead to kindergarten and repeat kindergarten or a later grade if they are struggling, yet research suggests that the cons of this approach may outweigh the potential pros. In addition, redshirting reduces the risk for grade retention, suggesting this may be another benefit for grade retention, or sorry, another benefit for redshirting. Based on this research, most Clinicians and educators advise that parents avoid holding children back or repeating a grade unless there is no other option. If your child's school is pushing for grade retention, present them with this research and see if they can discuss other possible options. But is redshirting fair? The choice to redshirt is a privilege. For most families, delaying kindergarten means paying for full-time childcare or delaying a stay-at-home parent from re-entering the workforce for another year. This is simply not an option for most families. Redshirting as a practice may also increase the ever-widening gap between students from high-income and low-income families, as only high-income families may be able to afford this option when wanting to give their child an advantage. Yet there's also research showing that having older classmates may actually improve the performance of younger classmates, suggesting that the practice of redshirting is at least not harmful to the students who do not make this choice. So how do you know whether your child is actually ready for kindergarten? The following steps may help you to determine whether your child is actually ready for kindergarten. One, consider not only their academic skills, which are important, but also their social, emotional, and self-regulation skills. Social skills when entering kindergarten have been found to be related to success as an adult, including the likelihood of graduating college and gaining employment. More advanced self-regulation skills also allow children to catch up even if they are behind their peers academically. And self-regulation skills are associated with improved academic performance. Two, consult with your child's preschool teacher or their preschool director if possible. Your child's teacher should have a good idea of how their skills compare to their peers and whether they have the classroom engagement skills necessary for kindergarten. Four, visit both possible classroom settings. So gain a better understanding of the expectations that are placed on your child in kindergarten versus the expectations in preschool by visiting both classrooms and trying to determine which setting best fits your child's current ability level. So what's the overall translation here? So delaying kindergarten for a year may provide a small advantage to children. It's unclear whether or not this is a permanent advantage or a temporary advantage. 
However, if you suspect your child has special needs or a disability, you may want to avoid redshirting and start school as soon as possible to get them the services that they need. Parents may want to avoid holding their children back or repeating a grade since the negative impacts outweigh the positive in this case. Parents may also want to consider that redshirting could increase the ever-widening gap between low-income and high-income children. Most importantly, parents should consider their individual child in this decision. Does your child seem to gravitate more towards younger or older children? Does your child tend to compare themselves to their peers and get upset when they fall behind? Do they seem to benefit from older role models or do they seem to benefit from serving in a leader role for younger children? Parents may also want to consider the school environment. Is the school more academic or play-based? Do they require children to sit for longer periods of time or are there frequent movement breaks? Is redshirting typical for children around the cutoff date in this school system? Does the school compare children to others and, and or use a tracking system for gifted education? Sometimes this choice does not even involve any of the academic advantages discussed above. In August, I will give birth to my third child with a summer birthday. And currently, I'm planning to redshirt all three of my summer babies, um, which is a choice I feel very privileged to have. And what is really driving my decision is not the academic benefits, but the opportunity to have another year with my children in my home. Whatever choice parents make, they should feel confident in doing what feels right for their individual child and family. Thank you so much for listening to the Parenting Translator newsletter and podcast. Tune in next week for more research-backed tips for parents. Parenting Translator is a nonprofit organization, so all of these podcasts and the information they provide are given to you for free. If you would like to support our work, please subscribe to this podcast and rate and review it. Thank you so much.